Hey, I'm Glenn Robinson, and I've spent the last 30 years as a healthcare leader and overseeing large organizations. And before that, I was in the news business. And I'm Jacob Robinson, his son. I've spent the last five years building a business and learning lessons of leadership along the way. And this is our podcast, Chasing What Matters. On this podcast, we're going to interview leaders from all walks of life and hear their stories of successes and failures and what has made them become who they are today and how their faith and families played a role in their lives and leadership styles. During these interviews, we will be discussing things from business to politics, healthcare to nonprofit, and anything in between to find out how these leaders are chasing what matters in their work and personal life. So welcome to another episode of Chasing What Matters. Hey everyone, welcome to our podcast, Chasing What Matters. I'm one of your hosts, Jacob Robinson. And I'm Glenn Robinson, the other co-host, and I happen to be Jacob's dad. We're honored that you're taking time out of your day to listen to our show, and we're extremely excited to start this and bring you interviews and conversations with some of the great leaders we know and look up to. But first, we wanted to take a few minutes in this first episode and explain who we are and why we wanted to start a podcast. To be honest with you, the simple reason is we wanted a really cool hobby to do as a father and a son, and we figured this is going to give us a great excuse to learn from some of our friends, our heroes, and people that we haven't even met yet, but we look up to from afar. And it'll give us a chance to tap into some of the best leadership minds out there and learn how their faith and leadership styles have played a role in their life and their stories. Later today, we actually lay our first interview uh, track, and we're very excited about that. But what I'm even more excited about is the fact that, uh, Jacob, you've already received over 20 positive responses of guests who want to be on this program. And so this is going to be a fun year, a fun time of doing all of this. Yeah, it's going to be a great, a great run. We're super excited. Some of the people that have already said yes, we're kind of just blown away that they want to take a few minutes out of their day to talk to us. And so we're excited to bring you those interviews. In just a moment, we'll be sharing with you later uh, who some of the future guests are. But before we begin this season, we want to take just a few minutes to introduce ourselves and give you some quick information on our backgrounds. And so, Jacob, tell us a little bit about you and your background. Sure. Uh, so my background is is pretty straightforward. I was uh, a product of moving around a bunch, and my dad will explain a little bit why that was. But I was born in Huntsville, Alabama. I was raised all over East Texas, uh, and then I graduated high school in South Carolina. And then I followed in my older brother's footsteps and went to Texas A&M University and College Station, uh, where I graduated in 2011. But when I was at Texas A&M, I, I did the most important thing that I've ever done in my life. I met my future wife. Uh, we started dating freshman year. We dated all the way through college. Uh, I was smart enough and I locked that down early and didn't give her any options, didn't let her know that anybody else was out there. And so we got married shortly after school. But during my time at A&M, I was fortunate enough to serve as a student body president uh, senior year from 2010 to 2011. That was kind of my first entry into a leadership position and what that looks like. Uh, it was a phenomenal experience. And we're going to be having conversations this season with some of the people that I met along the way during that year and impacted my life uh, and that I got to learn from and still look up to and still learn from. Uh, upon graduation, my wife is a CPA. And so I joke around that she had a real job. And so she had a job in Houston, Texas. And so I followed her to Houston. We were married in 2011. She started her CPA career and I started a, a career of doing a whole bunch of different things. Uh, I started in the oil and gas business and then I worked in ministry and then I worked in the janitorial services. 
Uh, and then I worked in life insurance sales, uh, which led me all the way to 2015. I started the company that I currently run, One Stone Solutions. It's a commercial cleaning company based here in Houston. We've been fortunate over the last five years to grow that business. We have two offices now. We have around 200 employees total. Um, and it has just been a fun journey. One, I've made a ton of mistakes along the way and getting to learn from those. Uh, but some that we've had some great successes as well. And so that's just been a really fun um, venture that we've done the last few years. We have two kids. Um, and in 2015, a few days actually before we started One Stone, uh, our son was born, Pierce. He was born on May 26th of 2015. And then we started One Stone on June 1st of 2015. Uh, and Pierce was uh, and is a phenomenal Kiddo, he was born completely normal, completely healthy, completely happy, progressed along just like every other kiddo. Uh, and then February 4th of 2017, the day that shaped our entire family and shaped the rest of our lives, uh, my wife woke Pierce up uh, unconscious in his crib. We rushed him to a hospital nearby. They then rushed him to another hospital that was down in the med center, Texas Children's, uh, where Pierce um, was diagnosed with bacterial meningitis. When we got there on that Saturday, we stayed there for quite a while. We were told we were only going to be there 14 days, uh, but as things progressed, Pierce got worse and worse. Uh, they put him into a medically induced coma where he spent 12 days, uh, and then overall we spent 75 days at Texas Children's Hospital in 2017. Uh, leaving that hospital, we left with a son that, that was slightly different. Um, he is now deaf. Uh, he is nonverbal. He is epileptic. Uh, and he's severely special needs due to a significant brain injury. And so our world in 2017 completely shifted and completely turned um, to a life that we knew nothing about. We had no experience with. Uh, we were uh, not born with a kid who has special needs, uh, but then a kid who acquired special needs. And so uh, on a dime, everything in our life changed and impacted not just our immediate family, but our family as a whole. Um, and you'll get to hear more of those stories. But as we move along and the questions that I ask guests or uh, the opinions that I bring to the table, uh, you can know that those are shaped and formed from that experience and things that I still learn to this day that Pierce continues to teach me uh, and, and people like Pierce continue to show and teach me as well. And so the last few years uh, for our family has just been adjusting to that, been a ton of learning. We've been, uh, uh, Pierce is enrolled into a special needs school here in Houston, um, and he has just continued to develop and grow. But like I said, everything has changed, and so we're continuing to adapt and adjust to that. Last year, uh, my wife and I, we had our second child, Annie, uh, a sweet, beautiful little girl. She was born in November of 2019, and she has been just nothing but uh, a complete joy and uh, just honor to have her part of the family. We know she's got a special uh, place in this world and her and Pierce already just absolutely love each other. And it's fun watching that connection at an early, early age. And so that's really who I am. I'm uh, married to Melissa. I'm father to Pierce and Annie. Uh, and I get the opportunity to, to run a commercial cleaning company. And then leadership is a passion of mine. Uh, I was a leadership studies major at Texas A&M. I grew up around great leaders um, uh, from my dad and people that uh, he got to work with and, and get to be around. And so I've always just been drawn to learning about leadership and, and high impact individuals. And so when we said, hey, let's start a podcast and let's let's talk to those kind of people. I'm I'm like a kid in a candy store. I'm getting to talk to some of my heroes and just pick their their minds and share those stories with you. So that's a little bit about me um, and, and kind of the opinions and the background that I bring to the table and the lens uh, that I look through life with. 
And so that's enough about me. So dad, why don't we talk about you a little bit? Why don't you tell us who you are, where you came from, and why you have a really good radio voice. <laughs> well, first, thanks for telling us about Pierce, and that won't be the last time our listeners will get a chance to learn more about him because I think of all the people in my life, uh, and I think Jacob feels the same way, and all of our family members feel this way, um, is that Pierce teaches us every day, and we learn from him, and what a joyful soul he is as we got to hug him this morning as he was getting ready to head to school and uh, and uh, and start another day. I'm married to the love of my life, Rhonda. We've been married 40 years this year. Just an incredible lady. And we're blessed with three terrific children. Josh, our oldest, is married to Lauren, and they live in South Carolina. Jacob, who is married to Melissa, and they live in Katy, Texas. And Sarah Catherine, married to Jordan, and they live in Waco, Texas. We're blessed with five incredible grandchildren, Pierce, Caden, Colt, Annie, and Elijah. I grew up in a small town in South Georgia. I was born in Moultrie, but when I was six months old, our family moved to Tifton, and there we remained until I graduated from high school. After high school, the University of Georgia in Athens, and then to Tuscaloosa at the University of Alabama, and my graduate work was at Trinity University in San Antonio, Texas. My first job was actually an errand boy in a men's clothing store when I was six years old. And so I worked for $2 a day and would work uh, Christmas and uh, Easter and Father's Day. Back then, that was a big uh, weekend of uh, clothing sales for men around those different holidays. And so I would uh, carry all the pants and coats to the alteration lady, Mrs. Goff, for her to do all the alterations so that uh, they, that would not take a salesman off the floor. Then later in high school, began to work in radio, and that's how I worked my way through college, and then later in broadcast news and was a weeknight anchor at the NBC station in the Mobile, Pensacola market. And then a little over 30 years ago, my life really took a turn in just a great way and had the opportunity to serve on the board of directors of USA Medical Center Children's and Women's Hospital. So my first job in healthcare was actually a volunteer, unpaid board position as we took a hospital and, uh, and separated into a hospital within a hospital concept. Vanderbilt University Hospital was the first hospital in America to actually do that, and we followed their lead. Then later had a chance to work over in the for-profit sector. At the time, it was Humana. Humana was not an insurance company then. It was actually the second largest hospital company in the world with more than 120 hospitals and uh, grew up doing marketing and business development, strategy, strategic planning. And my life has really been blessed by the Lord putting uh, leaders into my life that gave me chances that I did not deserve, men and women that just believed in me and opened doors and gave me tremendous opportunities. Later, I became a junior chief operating officer, then a senior chief operating officer, and then a little more than 20 years ago, my first hospital CEO job was actually in Houston, Texas. And from there, we moved to East Texas, as Jacob alluded to, and then on to South Carolina, working for a great company uh, called Triad Hospitals, which was a spinoff of HCA. And then 13 years ago, we moved to Waco, Texas uh, for a turnaround project at Hillcrest Baptist Medical Systems, uh, which later became Scott and & White, and then later Baylor Scott and & White. And uh, it has just been a fun, fun journey, and uh, it's uh, really been a great ride. 
Wow. Uh, that's, that's great. And uh, like we said, same, same with me, you're going to get to meet a lot of the individuals that have impacted my dad's life and uh, people that I grew up looking up to as we uh, go throughout this podcast. And we're excited to bring you that. And so that's a little bit about us. Uh, we don't want this show to be about us. We just want to be the facilitators of great conversations and great interviews. Uh, but we did want to just take this time for you to be able to kind of understand where we're coming from and the things that uh, we bring to the table. But one of the things that we're going to be doing each episode after we hear the guest story and we pick their brain on their leadership principles and techniques and things like that, we're going to wrap up with some rapid fire questions. Uh, they're going to kind of follow the same outline every time, but depending upon who we're interviewing, they may change a little bit uh, for here and there. And so we wanted to go through our own version of rapid fire questions here uh, at the end of this first episode to kind of just give you a little bit more insight into who we are and the things that we do from time to time. So dad, let's start with you. What is the best advice you have ever been given? Hmm. Well, the best advice uh, came from my dad. He gave me a lot of great advice. I lost my dad when I was a sophomore in college and uh, still miss him to this day. That was 1974, actually. And uh, just a tremendous individual. He grew up, uh, both he and my mom grew up in extraordinarily poor families. My dad's family uh, were sharecroppers in Mississippi, which basically meant, if you're not familiar with that term, you live on a person's land. They provide you a little more than maybe a shack, maybe just a shack. And uh, so you have housing for your family. And then they provide you food throughout the year. And then if the owner of the land actually makes any money, he shares a little bit with them. Most of the money that actually they share just clears their bill for the year and they start over again working on a, on a farm in rural Mississippi. Uh, my dad's father, who would be my grandfather, passed away when my dad was in the eighth grade. And my dad's advice was do what you must to take care of your family. And so my dad uh, made a great sacrifice. He dropped out of school in the eighth grade along with his older brother, who was a year older, uh, so that they could continue to allow my grandmother and the younger children in their family to reside within that shack on that farm. So my dad and uh, his brother took my grandfather's place of earning keep. And as soon as World War II came along, my dad and his brother both signed up so that they could have steady income to send back home to my grandmother to allow her and her children not to be displaced. And so I love my dad and just a great, great story of do what you must to take care of your family. Wow. Wow. That's good. That's good. All right. Let's flip this around. Jacob, how about you? Worst advice you've ever received? Worst advice. Worst advice I've ever received. Uh, I will take it in the working context. I had a, one of my jobs along the way. I was highly, highly encouraged uh, to make sure that I was in a sales role. So I was highly encouraged to make sure that we drove, quote, fancy cars and wore fancy clothes. Um, I understand the idea behind that was people want to buy things from successful individuals. But when you're in your early 20s, uh, people don't necessarily want to see you wearing fancy clothes all the time and driving fancy cars that you can't afford. And so uh, I think it was probably some of the worst advice I was ever given. Um, I, I think I would probably flip that and just say, hey, be who you are. That's who people want to buy things from. Uh, not a facade that you're, you're putting on. And so uh, I grew very tired of that. I, I, I bought into that advice for a while and I grew very tired of it and just could not keep doing that. And so I would definitely say that's some of the worst advice uh, I have been given in a professional setting. I've probably been given bad advice on a personal level as well, but uh, professional setting, I would definitely say that's, that's pretty bad. 
Yeah, not to give too many stories about my dad, but uh, just in contrast to that, I never will forget my dad later, he started out after World War II working, loading trucks at a hardware company, and they recognized he had people skills and salesmanship skills. And uh, my dad was a tremendous people person, a very genuine person. And so he later worked his way up in sales. And um, my dad, uh, because he drove a lot of miles from one hardware store to another settling wholesale hardware, he would trade cars every couple of years, and we would always get an Osmobile or a Buick, and it was always uh, just such a big day in our family when my dad would get a new car. And I remember visiting one of his colleagues, who was also a salesman with a different territory in the same company, and he always drove Cadillacs. And I remember asking my dad on the way home after we had gone and had lunch with them one Sunday after church, we were driving back to Tifton, and I said, Dad, why don't you ever buy a Cadillac? And he said, son, he said, I guess we probably could stretch it and maybe afford the payments on a Cadillac. He said, but I've just always felt that when I pull up at a crossroads grocery store with an owner who's struggling to make ends meet and selling hardware out the back of that uh, grocery store just to make a living, and if I pull up in a Cadillac, I don't think he's going to really think I need his business. Hmm. He said, I I really think that uh, if I pull up in a more modest car, uh, something that um, he or his family might drive, uh, then there's probably a greater chance that he may think I need his business and will perhaps purchase from me. Wow. Yeah. No, I, I, I totally agree with that. Being in sales roles, um, there is no need to be flashy um, or one-up the, the customer for sure. Uh, Dan, let's, let's uh, keep going with the questions here. What big events have taken place in your life over the past year or so? Well, if you would have asked me last year, this same time, uh, how long do you plan on continuing to work, knowing that you're coming up on your 65th birthday in April of 2020, I would have said, uh, you know, if the good Lord gives me good health and uh, sharpness and stamina, I would like to continue as a hospital president until I'm at least 67, 68 uh, years old. And then, of course, COVID came along. And that changed everything, which uh, meant with me going in and out of the hospital every day, it was not safe for us to be able to leave Waco and come visit you and Katie and get to see Pierce and Annie and, uh, and uh, then Caden and Colt, our other two grandchildren in uh, Waco, and then Elijah in South Carolina. And so I made a decision that um, for us to be able to travel and spend time with grandchildren, which is our number one priority at this stage of life, that it was a good time to retire. And so in July, last month, I actually retired from Baylor Scott and White as president. I remain on with the organization in a special advisory role, working in government relations and working uh, in a number of different areas uh, in that respect. But uh, that's the big event in my life this past year. How about you? Uh, Within this past 12 months, what's one of the greatest things that's happened? Uh, Besides being locked in our house uh, and spending the entire year uh, in our house in Katy, uh, I would definitely say the birth of Annie. Like I said, Annie came in November of 2019, and it has just been an awesome, awesome time with her. Uh, I I will say, I was telling my wife the other day that uh, in a weird way, um, if we want to look at the good, some of the good of COVID, being able to stay at home and work from home and be around her as she, you know, says her first words, takes her first steps, those things that would tend to happen when I'm at the office and I would just get a video of them or a, an excited phone call. It's, uh, it's been great to just be in the same house and watch her grow up over these last nine months so far. 
Uh, and so that has definitely been uh, a family and life altering experience over the last year, having two kiddos now. Um, it has been um, a, quite the learning experience, but uh, we're learning as uh, each day goes by for sure. Uh, can I do one more of what's yeah. happened the last year? I mean, I was just blown away a few weeks ago when out of the clear blue, you called me and said, hey, I've got a great idea for us. Uh, let's start doing a podcast together. And um, I, I didn't even see that coming. And this has been so much fun and so exciting. And so I am really looking forward to seeing uh, all the wonderful people we have lined up and just the, the fun year that's ahead doing this podcast, Chasing What Matters. Yeah, it's going to be fun. We, Like I said, we, we have been thinking about it for the past few weeks. It's kind of just been this uh, brainchild of mine for, for a month or so and saying, hey, since you retired, how could I, I maximize and take advantage of that uh, as a son and just create fun experiences and memories along the way? I've, I've always said, you know, we're going to get an opportunity to interview some great people. And if we have three listeners, which comprise of uh, mom, uh, my wife, and maybe we finagle uh, one of my siblings into listening to the episode. Uh, or we have, you know, a thousand people that listen to this. One of the cool things will be I will always get to have these conversations that I get to have with you and with these guests um, that don't just come to to just an everyday, uh, that aren't in an everyday experience. And so we get to use this medium called podcast uh, and interview people all around the world. And we're excited to do so. And it's going to be really fun. We've like I said, been excited to see the response of individuals to sit down and just share their story and talk about leadership and faith. So it's going to be, it's going to be a fun ride for sure. So on, on uh, that note, we got, uh, let's see, uh, last question. Let's wrap it up here. Uh, Dad, what book are you reading right now? Oh, no, no, no. Actually, let's ask two more questions. I've got, I've got one I want to ask. Uh, let's, let's go here first. What is the best or worst job you have ever had? It can be either or, or it could be both best or worst job you've ever had. Uh, worst job in high school to pick up extra money during a cold winter season. I was assigned to the back dock at an aluminum extruding company to wow. keep the back dock clean and tidy and picking up scrap pieces of aluminum, throwing them into hoppers and bins. And I remember the 20 degrees outside and trying to work with gloves and better not to use gloves and your hands freeze. And so that was not a lot of fun. It gives me a great, great respect for folks on hot days, putting roofs on houses yeah. And uh, cold days, uh, a plumber that crawls underneath the house of a broken pipe. Uh, I have deep respect for hardworking people like that. And um, and then the best job I've ever had actually was in the midst of working within major hospital systems. I was hired by a group of physician surgeons to come and work for them. And I thoroughly enjoyed that, uh, working mm. with them and working with their office and just getting to understand doctors more. Um, and it really blessed me throughout my career, that understanding and that knowledge that I gained. How That's about awesome. you? Best or worst or both? Best job is uh, the job I currently have right now. I, I love running our cleaning company. I love uh, our customers and the individuals I get to work with and the employees that we get to hire and hearing their stories. Uh, it's it, That's been a really, really awesome five-year ride from starting it with zero customers in our living room all the way to now we've got a office in two cities and things like that. So it's, it's been really fun to build that organization. But uh, hands down, the worst job I've ever had is my freshman year at Texas A&M. I was the security guard at an art gallery on campus. Um, first off, if you ever see me, I am not built like a security guard. But you have to understand that this art gallery, the entire semester, I had one person come in and visit because I had the 6 p.m. to the 9 p.m. shift and I had to close it down. Uh, and so all I would do is just sit on the computer that they gave us and just scroll on Facebook uh, for three hours 
uh, three times a week, and it was incredibly boring uh, an experience. And so uh, the security guard at the art gallery freshman year at A&M was definitely uh, the worst job I've ever had, for sure. Um, so let's here we go. Wrap it up with the last question. Dad, what book are you reading right now? Uh, one of my favorite authors, Bob Goff, uh, Dream Big. Uh, love that book and learning a tremendous amount from that great guy. How awesome. about you? Uh, I'm reading a, a really interesting book. I highly recommend it. These, it's written by three individuals that we hope to get on the show uh, soon. It's called Compassion and Conviction. It's written by Justin Gibney, Michael Ware, and Chris Butler. They're the founders of the AND campaign. It's based out of Atlanta. These are individuals that are saying, hey, how as Christians are we supposed to be politically involved, politically engaged, and how do we do that and look like Jesus? Uh, and it's a book that's written said, hey, listen, uh, we're not advocating for Republican or Democrats. We're advocating for Jesus and how Jesus would handle each and every in, uh, situation or topic that comes up. And so they're really walking through a biblical perspective of how we as Christians should respond in the political arena, especially this day and age with everything that's so toxic uh, and how it can be so uh, divided. They're saying, hey, listen, how do we bridge that gap and come together as Christians and love others around us and do that uh, through a political means. And so it's been a super interesting book. Like I said, we're, we're uh, trying to get them on the show and pick their brains uh, about what they see going on, especially in election year this year. So that's uh, our rapid fire question session. Uh, like I said, we're going to be doing that each and every episode with the guest. Uh, we're going to be able to ask some more questions uh, uh, to the list that you just heard. And so we're, we're really excited to hear some of their answers. Uh, but as we close out this episode today, we just want to give you a sneak peek of the season ahead. Some of the guests that we have booked that we're really, really excited about. And so dad, why don't you kind of tell us about our first guest and then we'll just kind of go back and forth going through this, uh, great list so far. Well, as you've probably already picked up, I love turnarounds and the turnarounds that I've done have been very, very small compared to this guy. His name is Greg Brenneman and Greg is one of America's top turnaround CEOs uh, he has recently written the book right away and all at once. Uh, he did and participated in the turnarounds of Home Depot, uh, Burger King, and of course, best known for the huge turnaround he had at Continental Airlines, Greg Brenneman. He'll be one of our early guests. Yeah, it's going to be a great interview. Uh, another guest of ours are, when we say the word heroes, uh, these people are at the top of my list, Jay and Catherine Wolf. They're the founders of Hope Heals Ministry. Uh, they're based out of Atlanta. Uh, I highly, highly encourage you, before you hear that interview uh, in the next month or so, get their book, Hope Heals. They also have a new one, Suffer Strong. They just have a phenomenal ministry that, that ministers to people with disabilities. Catherine, Catherine suffered a stroke in her 20s, uh, and they have continued to use that platform uh, that most on the outside looking in would be bad. They have said, hey, we're going to make this good. Uh, and they continue to minister to families like ours uh, that have individuals and loved ones with disabilities. And so we are super excited to have them on the show. One of the reasons that uh, I think sparked Jacob's inspiration in us doing this podcast was a realization that he and I both have been blessed to have met a number of incredible people along our uh, uh, journeys through life. And so one of those is a great gentleman, well-known Trey Gowdy. Trey is from South Carolina, served 
uh, the Palmetto State as a, in the House of Representatives, in other words, in Congress. And uh, Trey is uh, now back practicing law in South Carolina, and he's agreed to be on our program. I cannot wait to hear what this man has to say. He always inspires, always is encouraged, and is a guy that loves the Lord. Yeah, when I was 18, I had the opportunity to work for Trey, uh, and I, get, I look forward to reminding him of some of those experiences that I had being his bag man uh, and driver that summer and some of the interesting quirks uh, that are Trey Gowdy. And so I look forward to having that conversation with him uh, and seeing which quirks uh, he still has today. Another guest of ours that we're excited about is Emerson Egrich. He is the New York Times bestselling author of Love and Respect. I highly recommend, again, that book. Uh, it is a phenomenal marriage book, a Christian marriage book. Uh, I had the great opportunity, and like uh, my dad was saying, the, the way that we've gotten to meet these individuals um, has just been a, a great God thing. I was Emerson Egrich's driver uh, in one of my jobs. He was a guest speaker at a conference at the church I was working at, uh, and I got the opportunity to drive him around all weekend from different venue to venue and just getting to sit in a car with him uh, and pick his brain and understand who he is and who his wife is uh, was a phenomenal experience uh, back in 2012. And so we reached out to him and he said, absolutely, he'd love to come on the show and talk to us about his book. Uh, so we're excited to have Emerson in the next few weeks as well. If you've ever received a, a note or a letter from me, there's a good chance I signed off the letter, keep chasing what matters. And um, Jacob and his wife, Melissa, actually came up with the idea to use this for our podcast. But the origin of it really goes back to a dear friend and a pastor Richard Smith. Richard is the pastor of Hope Point Church in Spartanburg, South Carolina, and preached a series of sermons in 2007 called Chasing What Matters. And uh, Richard has also written a book and by the same title. And so we'll have Richard as our guest, who will talk a little bit more about what this whole uh, motto means of Chasing What Matters. Another person that falls in the hero category for myself is an individual I'm getting to know better and better as time goes on, Matt Mooney. Matt is the founder of 99 Balloons. Matt took his story. He has a, uh, a child with severe special needs, and he said, you know what? There is a severe lack of opportunities for, for kids that look like mine to be able to go to church and people be able to take care of them and love on them and care for them and support them. And in doing so, support the, the family as a whole. And so he created 99 Balloons, and that's a night of respite for parents that have kids with special needs to be able to go to a church, drop their kid off that has special needs as well as any other siblings that that, child or that kid may have. And then the parents can go out and go run errands. They can go do a date night. They can go take a nap in the parking lot. They can do, go do whatever they need to do. And so Matt's organization created the template that other churches just utilize and facilitate. And, and the, the hundreds and hundreds of families that Matt has been able to impact through 99 Balloons, uh, I don't think he'll ever be able to understand the impact that he's had this side of heaven. And so we're going to have Matt on next week, and he's going to tell us how he start, started and founded 99 Balloons and the impact that it is now having globally. And so we're excited about having him. And so those are just a few of the individuals. Like my dad said earlier, we have about 20 guests so far booked and confirmed. And so we're going to be trying to bring you more and more content, more and more interviews along the way. And so we just want to thank you again so much for listening to this podcast. We hope that you subscribe to the podcast on whatever podcast platform you use. Uh, also, we're going full steam with this thing. We've got an Instagram account, Chasing What Matters. We also have a website, uh, cwmpodcast.com. Uh, you can uh, contact us there. You can contact us through Instagram. Uh, you can read our bios, but also you can find all the latest episodes on the website there. Um, we, our goal is to bring you an episode every other week on 
on Monday. So we're going to try to stick to that. Our first blast here in a few weeks is going to have about three episodes. And then we're going to go uh, one every other week after that. We hope that you're inspired. We hope that you're challenged. And we hope that you're encouraged by the stories from these amazing leaders and the stories that they bring to the table. Until next time, keep chasing what matters. Thank you.